Hello and welcome to a Beauty Guides Podcast. You can find us at Beauty Guides Podcast on Instagram and the TikTok. We are two beauty industry professionals discussing makeup, skincare, and sometimes even self-care. My name is Kelsey. I'm a licensed esthetician and educator. I'm Lauren. I'm a licensed cosmetologist and a freelance hair and makeup artist. Today's topic is adult acne part two. I almost missed hitting the magic wand. Um, (laughs) The most important part. (laughs) The most important part of the song. Just so for everybody knows, the song and the magic wand are two different buttons. And I like, I don't know, for some reason, I just almost missed. There's like a specific second, six seconds is when I hit the magic wand. And I can't believe I just missed it. Um, Hi. Phenomenal job of hitting it every time, though. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) 51 episodes. Hi, everybody. Welcome to part two of our adult acne series. Um, If you missed part one, I highly recommend you go check it out. That's where we kind of break down the causes of adult acne. And then today we're going to talk about kind of a basic adult acne routine, what not to do and when to seek professional treatments. Um, So Lauren, I have a new YouTube channel I've been following that I really like and I wanted to tell you about. Her name is Mina Lee. It's M-I-N-A. L-E. And she, first of all, she has a really cool 1940s look to her. She shaves <gasps> off her eyebrows and draws them like like the Joan Crawford high 1940s-esque brows. Yes. Kind of like that makeup artist I love, Erin Parsons yes, makeup, who yes. buys all of Marilyn Monroe's old makeup. Yes, yes. Just like that. So first of all, she's got that going on. Super cool. Love her aesthetic. She does Oh, she's this, so cute. She Sorry. does these kind of video essays on comments and it's really interesting she does a lot of research and presents them and kind of based on what's going on and a little bit historic and like sort of why historically something was going on and why we see it as a trend now so her most recent one which I haven't watched yet is fairy tale costumes um should we care about historical accuracy and fantasy and then she did one about unpacking sickness as a beauty trend. So that's she, what I'm looking at right now. Yeah. The headline says the legacy of tuberculosis yes. chic. I'm very into this. Well, mm-hmm. tuberculosis chic was like, you know, in the Victorian era, that's why everything is like pale and gothic. And, you know, there was so much death. And that's when the ladies were putting like arsenic in their eyes to make them glossy. And like, it's just, it's very, you know, very strange. But she kind of talks about, um, a lot of things about like um, the 90s thinness coming back or just all these kind of different things, usually beauty, but sometimes more culture, but usually relating to women and generally mm-hmm. in how women are per- perceived. Um, I really enjoy. So you don't have to watch them. You can just listen to them. Um, mm-hmm. And they they're just really thought provoking essays. Um, and I really enjoy her content. Plus, she's real cute. Yeah, I'm loving everything I'm seeing. I can't wait to watch some of these. I see um, The Cult of Cleanliness and the yes. book The Care and Keeping of You from the American Girl Dolls is on it. Uh, yes. There's just like, it's it, yeah, it's really catching my eye because, you know, I love pop culture and beauty yes. and all the things. Cool. New hyper-focused interest unlocked. <laughs> well, she's, like, she's a lot. So she's a lot on there. I actually, okay, I went through like a rabbit hole maybe two months ago where I was watching a lot of stuff about tuberculosis in the Victorian era on YouTube. And then her channel popped up and then I 
fell in love with her channel is was really interesting. But um, you know, talking about like corsets and you know all those historically horrible things that women did for beauty. Love. Yes. And you know that I love the trend talk because yes. a lot of it comes from beauty history and yes. like, it's not really that new or current. That's why I always say like, I've been moving on to new things in the beauty industry. Cause really you can only study so much, you know, I want to like find different things like that kind of like relate back to the things that I love. So yeah, that's pretty dope that she's doing that. I want to talk about a body wash that you have. <gasps> me, me too. Okay. And you go first. <laughs> well, okay. So you had posted a body wash by the brand whose name we cannot say. Um, yes, yes. And it's because we can't pronounce it. <laughs> uh, Notorium, Naturium, we're just, we're, we're not, going for it. It's If you listen to our last episode, you know that we cannot pronounce notor- Notorium, Naturium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so, just, may, yep, maybe just it's stop like, it. Just zip it up. <laughs> maybe it's like Atrium, na- na- Natrium. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I think that's wrong, but. <laughs> so tell, tell everyone why you posted about this body wash. I feel like I don't know the answer you're looking for. Okay, I'll tell you why. (laughs) So you posted about a body wash from them. And you talked about how as a a woman, sometimes these companies put so much fragrance and color and all of these artificial things in our body wash that can really mess with, you know, our lady areas and that Mm -hmm. delicate balance of our lady areas. And especially if you are someone with sensitive skin as well, just in general, having those fragrance and those colorants can be really irritating to the skin. So yes, and just to um, let everybody know about my own journey, it literally started when I was a kid. I remember always getting UTIs and my mom would always fill my bubble bath up with Mr. Bubbles, oh my which God. is highly fragrant. Yes. So, and then as, um, and this is not TMI cause this is just about the body, but I feel like as a teenager, when I would go to like gynecologist checkups, they would always tell me like bacteria vaginosis was a thing, which basically yeah. means that the pH of your vagina area is off. There is mm-hmm. um, not a good mix of good and bad bacteria. It's mainly the bad bacteria. Mm-hmm. And that was always always from being young, wearing thongs up my mm-hmm. vagina, um, just really not like thinking about like letting it breathe and not putting a bunch of like chemicals and scents on it. So I kind of had a moment, um, probably more college years and I started using coconut oil down there, but mm-hmm. it was when I started using something without a fragrance down there that I felt like my pH just started turning like back to normal and stuff like that. So that is a very, uh, big deal to me in my own like mm-hmm. beauty routines is to not use a lot of smells or anything down there because it will ruin your entire pH and girls talk about how effed up their pH is all the time and I'm telling you just take the fragrance out and you're good to go mm-hmm. and if I can just brag on this body wash really quick yeah. it is so luxurious okay. and beautiful and I saw that this company has a few different body washes come at, coming out which I'm so excited for the one I'm using um, has more oils in it. It's very hydrating. They also had one with salicylic acid, which I love for the summer because I'm always sweating Mm -hmm. and getting those little bumps and reapplying sunscreen. So I like the thought of being able to put that all over my skin. Um, I think they have one that is even more hydrating, more of like a lotion-y cream type body wash. Um, But check that out. It's about $15 for the bottle. I'm obsessed with the bottle because it's a really tall pump bottle. And I've had the product for about a month now. And I think I'm about halfway through and I shower about three times a day. So that kind of lets you know that $15, it's carrying you a long way. So the official name is the Glow Getter Multi-Oil Body Wash, and it's an oil to gel formula. And on it, it says gentle surfactants plus squalane. Yes. 
We yeah, love that. Can't go wrong. Just a little surfactant and that moisture in there. Yeah. So I wanted to comment because I, uh, I struggle with body wash as well um, because of the fragrance just irritating my skin in general and mm-hmm. throwing off my balance. So I actually am someone who uses face wash on my body. Um, I do that too. Sometimes my snail cleanser uh-huh. is, yeah, doubles as that sometimes. Yes. And, and this started from my skin just being really irritated that I'm like, what do I have that I can cleanse with that won't irritate my skin further? And I was like, oh, my gentle CeraVe cleanser at the time is what I had. And so I've used that one and I've used the La Roche-Posay. Um, it's their hydrating tolerance face cleanser. I use that all over my body. Um, currently I'm using a K beauty Inus free green tea cleanser. I actually bought it for my face. It was a little too drying for my face and now I use it for my body. And I find that's a way to not strip my skin, not irritate my skin and also maintain, you know, pH balance of my body and my skin, because that's what gentle face cleansers are meant to do. Not strip you. Yes. I also feel like the face wash hack has really helped me out whenever I've um, been really sensitive on my underarms. Mm-hmm. Some, it's, I think it's about yes. this time of year where I usually get a little rash situation because yep. I start sweating more on my hot girl walks and then I'm shaving and my body just hasn't gotten used to just the environment yet. Yeah. Um, so I always get like a little rash like right around my mm-hmm. arm. I'm a, I'm a thicker girl. So my skin kind of goes together um, mm-hmm. and face wash has always helped me to soothe that problem. Yeah. Well, it started because I was using face wash for um, shaving for my underarms yeah. and my, you know, bikini Brazilian area because mm-hmm. I didn't want to use anything else. And then I was like, why am I not just using this everywhere? So, but I yeah. get, I get the same under, if I shave my underarms every day, I get a rash. So I have to shave, I do like every other day, every third day for shaving my underarms, which I mean, yeah, same. or sometimes I just straight up forget like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, everyone can do whatever they want with their underarm hair. This is not me saying you need to shave your underarms. I'm just saying, this is what I do. Mm-hmm. for yeah. me personally. So, but I thought that was such a, um, a thing that's not talked about in the beauty space enough is, um, you know, vaginal health, pH health and what happens. I agree. Let's talk about it. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's talk do about a whole it. episode. <laughs> well, and so what happens is when you throw off the pH, what that can do is that can lead to an odor. And so they're going to, then you're going to use more odorous things to try and cover up that odor. And it just leads to that vicious cycle. Exactly. And that's why I was trying to really emphasize before just point blank period, like stop with the smells because I have been on a journey for years where that odor can be embarrassing, you know, and it can stop you. And especially someone that grew up dancing and stuff, I'm wearing like next to nothing like in leotards, but I'm also wearing tights and leotards like up my cooter, you know, it was just like a really hard time. So I'm here to let you know, that's the solution. I hope it helps you out. Yeah. I had to totally change the underwear I wear when I moved to Florida because it's just so hot here. Uh, I've been team underwear for about the, or team no underwear for about mm. the last two years. And it's been really helpful for me. Mm, Just, just none at all. I love it. I can't even like the only time I really wear them is during that time of month. Interesting. Yep. Good for Sorry you. Sorry if anyone's at work and like now your cubicle is being like blown up by like <laughs> we're like air cooter period. <laughs> you know what? We, we're about body autonomy. We're talking about things that maybe need to be talked about but aren't talked about. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we, the trailblazers. We are. We're just <laughs> pioneers. We're on the Oregon Trail. You know, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching the show 1883 on Paramount. Speaking of Oregon Trail, so it stars Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. 
How cute it's them together. Really cute. So take so the storyline is it's 1883 and they're on the Oregon Trail. So covered wagons, cowboys, that whole thing. And they're together. They're husband and wife in the show. And they mm-hmm. are so good. They're I was so gonna say, how's their on-screen chemistry? They're so good because it's like, you know, Faith Hill's this strong pioneer woman you know, holding it together for her family and her man. And oh. and Tim McGraw is trying to protect his family, you know, and it's like, oh, it's, it's really good. <laughs> I love that. I, I love, um, I love a historical drama. And I also, I realized that I really enjoy that time period of like the wild West, like people migrating West and like really having no idea what was out there. Just like sleeping amongst the stars, living in the prairie, you know, Buffalo everywhere, fearing Native Americans who were pissed because we took their land, like all of that. Mm-hmm. But that's such an yeah, interesting... Yeah, they had every right. They had every right. And I'm, you know, <laughs> definitely team Native American. Uh-huh. Uh, but, and, and it's just, it was just such an interesting time period and such a wild, free time, you know, like those people were not worried about Selena Gomez and Haley Bieber. They were worried. Oh, no. They were worried about not, you know, getting uh, dysentery or whatever you died from when you played the Oregon Trail game. As a child. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Definitely different problems then. Right. And and I I also like the environmentalist in me would have loved to have seen what the country looked like at that time period. Like just, seriously though, so untouched. Mm. And the way that the American Indians were like running things, mm. you know, they had their stuff together. So I bet they just made it look so beautiful mm. with all the land and the crops and everything. Yeah. I just I would love to have seen like the amount of like wildlife, I guess. It's just Yeah, that's know. a good point. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I went and saw the new Ant-Man movie starring Paul Rudd. Um, love Paul Rudd. So I know you're not a big movie person or a Marvel person, but um, Paul Rudd's character as Ant-Man is essentially just Paul Rudd in a movie. Like exactly <laughs> what you think where he's like, I'm just a guy, you know, I'm just uh-huh. I'm just trying my best. And, you know, he's like, I'm not really qualified to be here, but I'm, I'm going to try my best. And I love mm. I love that character so much. And I love Paul Rudd. And he does not age. He, really he doesn't. Does Did you see the interview from the Super Bowl with him and his son? No. His son is more Paul Rudd than Paul Rudd is. I got to send it to you later. You're going to die. It's like their mannerism is exactly oh the God. same and it's just going to geek you out. Amazing. So we'll have a, we'll have a legacy of Paul Rudd. I legacy. hope so. <laughs> I have a special fondness in my heart for Paul Rudd. I mean, for so many reasons, but specifically Paul Rudd is the reason my husband uses skincare. So my husband was on our podcast. He was our one and only guest and he talked about skincare and I was with him for years before he started using skincare. And then Paul Rudd was in an interview and they asked him how he stayed looking the same. And he said, moisturizer. And so then my husband was like, I think I need to use moisturizer. And so I'm just indebted to Paul Rudd for getting my husband. My husband now uses, he uses um, a cleanser and a daily moisturizer. And then when he goes on his runs after work, he puts on sunscreen himself without, I've never asked him to put on sunscreen ever. He just like went out and bought himself sunscreen and puts it on. And it just, Dude, that's hot. It just, it is. It just, every, <laughs> every time I see him applying sunscreen, I'm just like, oh, I'm turned on right now. You don't even know. <laughs> it's such a shame that so many random celebrities are getting into the skincare world where I really just feel like, why can't we just have Paul there? Because I would also love I to know. see Paul in a YouTube channel explaining to men how to do the five 
five-step skincare oh system. God. You know, like it would just be pure entertainment oh, all through and through. Speaking of celebrity skincare, I saw that John Legend had a skincare line, which I yeah. didn't know he came out with. Did you know it's at CVS and it's affordable? No, I it, didn't. It is a skincare line specifically for deeper skin tones, which do have different skin conditions and skin concerns in that deeper skin tone. And it's an affordable one at CVS. And I was like, you know what? I normally shit on celebrity skincare, but I appreciate the effort you're making here. And you're not making a $200 eye cream like Brad Pitt did. So, well, he's seen something in the market that doesn't exist. And yes. that is smart as a business wise. Yes. You know what I mean? Like you're you're serving a group of people that yes. want inexpensive skincare that have a different um, complexion mm-hmm. and they don't have products for them mm-hmm. yet. So I do love that. Yeah, because like you're saying, it just seems gluttonous when we're like, we already have five $200 eye creams. You know, mm-hmm. we don't need it. Yours isn't doing anything better. You just have better emulsifiers in it. Like it's nothing great. Yeah. Um, well, or you you don't cut it with as much water. I mean, essentially yeah. is what it is. Yeah. Um, so I saw that and I was like, you know what? I, I'm okay with you here, John Legend in the skincare. <laughs> You're industry. allowed to keep going. You, you, can John. St- you can stay and I'll embrace you as well. <laughs> um, and then finally I started watching the show, Ted Lasso. Have you watched this show? I've seen a few episodes. Okay. People really love it. They really do. And I'll tell you why I love it. And, you know, for anyone who might need this in their life, Ted Lasso is a uplifting, happy show. Ted Lasso, <laughs> he is a good guy and he comes out on top and he doesn't have to do evil, vicious things to people. And he's just out there helping people, giving them advice, coaching a soccer team in England. And it is just like a just ha- I feel good every time I watch it. I finish an episode feeling good. I'm never upset or stressed or and if you just need those like positive vibes in your life, Ted Lasso is a great choice for that. You know, isn't it funny that we've really gotten away from that kind of entertainment and stuff like you have to I've noticed in my own self healing, I'm kind of in this place where a lot of the true crime and stuff is starting to like affect me negatively. Mm -hmm. I'm really sensitive to it. But then when I'm like trying to find something like just feel goody and fun, I'm like, uh, where do I look? But do you know my um my guilty pleasure palette cleanser of a show oh. right now is the show Reba. Do you remember that show? Oh my god, yes. Right? <laughs> what? That's a good one. Isn't that such a good show? Yes. I just like die laughing every night. And now I have Trevor yeah. into it and he's like, yeah, it's pretty dumb, but I'm I'm kind of into it. Yeah, that's great. You know, Mm -hmm. I was thinking about you this morning. I went to the dentist and, you know, all the dentists have like TVs or whatever. Mm -hmm. For some reason, my dentist was watching the Dick Van Dyke show. And I was like, first of all, I've never seen an episode of the Dick Van Dyke show. And I was like, and second, I know I have to tell Lauren about this because I know you grew up. You grew up with all that stuff. I did. I did. That is like definitely where my love of like hair and makeup came from was like all of those black and white shows that would come on one after the other. It was like Bewitched, I Dream of Jeannie, Dick Van Dyke show, Mary Tyler Moore show. And yes. Oh, I love that. It's kind of funny because it's all the same kind of actors. Just like, you know. Yeah. But anyways, it, it. I, um, I enjoyed the, uh, you know, it, there's like a, um, a simple, you know, lightheartedness 
to those exactly shows. and yeah entertainment was entertainment yeah. yeah it's like we're in this weird space where we like pretend everything's reality yeah but it's not it's like so scripted and then everybody's wearing costumes and hair and makeup mm-hmm. but like it's not entertainment but it is entertainment I don't know I don't know what's happening but I'm not that upset over it mm-hmm. yeah so th- I watched my first ever episode of the the Dick Van Dyke show they had a oh. um a housekeeper from Barcelona and she was not a very good housekeeper. And so there was like, she shrunk the sweater and like, <laughs> and I'm like, just good old me slapping comedy. I know. I'm just like, oh man, there's a reason people love this stuff. You just, you know, <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> um, okay. Do you have anything you want to add before we get into part two of acne? No, I think that's everything. All right, cool. Okay. So review from episode one here, you're about to take a test. So make sure you do your review. Acne has four main triggers, which are hormones, your digestive system imbalance, stress, and self-inflicted. And when you realize that these triggers and causes of acne are kind of complicated, you can see why a lot of times skincare alone is very rarely just the answer for acne. A big mistake when treating our adult acne is that we overdo it. We use an acne face wash, an acne serum, an acne moisturizer. And I understand it's because a lot of times when, like, for example, the brand La Roche-Posay, they sell this box kit of their acne products. So it's like an active cleanser, an active moisturizer, a spot treatment. And what's Mm -hmm. happening is when you use all of these active products, you are contributing to the inflammation within your skin. So my advice is to limit your acne products to just one within your routine. Remember, with adult acne, we need to treat our skin as sensitive, inflamed, and irritated, not dirty and needing to be stripped. So, you know, this changed a lot for me because I was the first person I would do the acne kits. And then mm-hmm. after we started the podcast and I'm listening to you for a year, that was when I started my CauseRx journey. And I was like, mm-hmm. I want to use things that are really good for sensitive skin. And the way that it changed my face, the way I wear makeup, the way I show up every day, I am dumbfounded by mm-hmm. it. Like it really, this guys, this really is the way to go. Be listening to Kelsey from this point <laughs> forward as if you weren't already listening to her. But I'm like, this is, this is the golden nugget. <laughs> that you want. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <Lauren. laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so again, when acne products, acne skincare is active and the purpose for that is to balance out the oil, kill any excess bacteria and restore health to the skin. And so they are considered active. And so you just have to be mindful with how many actives you are using. So for this kind of thing, K-Beauty is going to be a great place to start for an anti-inflammatory acne routine. Um, I have a lot of I have a lot of product recommendations created and on our shop my shelf. So the website for that is pro.shopmyshelf.us slash beauty guides podcast. And just look for the one that says adult acne. And you'll find great products to shop from there, uh, from these recommendations. And you'll notice a lot of them are K beauty. And actually, Lauren, a lot of them are CauseRx too. Oh, we love it. I mean, that was initially why I started trying all of the products was because, well, now we know it was because I was living in mold, but, um, I was like, (laughs) all right, I just feel like this is the way that I want to go to treat these issues. And it it was really helpful. It was a great journey. Mm -hmm. So your goal is to calm the skin, to re-strengthen it as well as kind of balance oil production and kill excess bacteria. So your first step is going to be a gentle cleanser. And you can use either a gel, a cream.
cream or a foam. I'm going to probably recommend a cream cleanser if you're not sure because they tend to be the most gentle. However, there are gentle gels and foams out there. Notice that none of this says like a exfoliating, nothing with scrub in it or nothing with acids. You want to keep it just real gentle and basic. And if you're worried about a cleanser's inability to clean your skin, I'm going to ask you how long you're cleansing your face for. I think most people don't cleanse their skin for long enough. I think they do sort of like brushing your teeth where you're supposed to do mm -hmm. it for two minutes, but you probably do it for like 30 seconds. With mm -hmm. face wash, it really should be about 60 seconds of cleansing your skin. To, so if you feel that a cream cleanser is not getting you clean enough, I'm going to encourage you to try going for 60 seconds of, you know, massaging it into the skin and then see how your skin feels. Next, I'm going to recommend the product that we uh, we said is the, the firefighter product, which is mm -hmm. the COSRX AHA BHA toner. This is a really gentle toner with AHA to help um, remove any dead skin cells and BHA to dissolve excess oil and bacteria inside the pore. And these are done at really low percentages. So they're going to be effective, but they're not going to strip the skin and they're going to maintain skin health. Um, next, you want to do some sort of calming serum. So um, think ingredients like CBD or centella, uh, squalane, aloe, and then a hydrating moisturizer. Finally, I recommend a zinc sunscreen. And this is going to be a mineral sunscreen. The reason I recommend this is zinc helps with acne and it's also anti-inflammatory. So you're going to contribute to that anti-inflammatory process. And it also, if you are someone who's sensitive to sunscreen, a lot of times you're sensitive to chemical or other forms of sunscreen, not zinc sunscreens. Zinc sunscreen, you won't have that sensitivity to. My last takeaway from this basic acne routine is pimple patches. Pimple, for my self-inflicted pickers or for people mm -hmm. with big cystic acne, I cannot recommend pimple patches enough. These are little circle stickers you put over the pimple. And basically by the process of osmosis and diffusion, it pulls out that inflammation, that infection, that lymph, the liquid, essentially drying out the pimple and it causes it to heal faster. So these are also really great to prevent you from picking at your own skin or spreading that dirt or oil around. Or if you're someone who has to wear a mask, these are great to sort of prevent that irritation. So um, wear them, change them out twice a day. These are great. A lot of people I know with acne, myself included, when I was struggling with acne, would keep I would keep these in my purse, like a packet of these in my purse so I could switch them out as I needed. I was going to say they look, they're clear, so yeah. you can't see them a lot when you put them on your skin. So I will even wear them sometimes to the gym because I am such a face picker. It stops yeah. me from picking my face. Yeah, it's great. And a lot of times people who are face pickers are unconscious face pickers. Like Exactly. That's what yep. it is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So you'll notice with this adult routine, there was only one active product and that was the COSRX AHA BHA toner. Everything else was about repairing the skin, hydrating the skin, moisturizing the skin. And by hydrating and calming the skin, you will balance out your oil production as well and re-strengthen your skin's immunity to help it balance itself out. The skin is really good at you know, maintaining homeostasis. We just need to provide the right tools to do so. 
love that. So let's talk about what not to do. Now I'm going to shame all of you. Number one, too much. Do not be, you're doing too much. Okay. Aggressive products. You need to think low and slow with your skin. Your skin is sensitive and it needs to be repaired. When you calm this inflammation, the skin can be beginning that repair and balancing process. Number two, do not ignore potential internal triggers. How is your hormone health? If you use a form of birth control, your acne may not get better until you're no longer on that birth control. And this isn't me saying get off your birth control. This is me just saying be real about your acne may be a result of internal triggers. Um, And number three, please do not listen to a person on TikTok and try and replicate what worked for their acne and then get mad when it doesn't work for you. You really have to listen to your body, look at the signs, think about your digestive system. Think about um, are you like regularly going to the bathroom? Do you have nausea? How is your hormone health? Are you struggling with really um, bad, uncomfortable periods? Or is your uh, menstrual cycle irregular? You know, there may be other factors here. And if you're just copying someone's skincare routine, you're not addressing those internal triggers. Mm-hmm. This brings me to my last point, which is when to seek professional help. So if you don't know how to navigate the world of acne, skincare, and potential internal triggers, and you feel like you're trying things and you keep failing, see a professional. I understand that maybe that may be out of the budget for some people, but or you may not be interested in facials or things like that, but there's a lot of options these days. So many estheticians are acne specialists, and many of them offer virtual consultations to get you set up with the right skin care. So if you are not able to financially commit to a full facial, which I understand, or maybe you're just not sure that's something you want to do, look into a virtual consultation with a esthetician. They will be able to find out, you know, kind of what's going on external internally, internally, your acne may be getting worse by the products that you're using, and they'll be able to decode all of that. You also may want to think about seeing an endocrinologist or a dietitian as well. So an endocrinologist is someone who deals with the endocrine system. So this is all of your hormones, not just your sex hormones. These are going to be things like your thyroid or your cortisol levels, um, overall um, endocrine health, uh, your adrenal glands. Um, or a dietitian who may be able to help you make better choices. There's also a lot of dietary help available online as well. I caution you about seeking things online if you're not sure where you need to go. I know for me with dietary help, I really wasn't sure where to go. I was reading a lot of things, but I was having a hard time until I talked to a a dietary professional and found out that what was going on with my digestive issues stemmed from how much antibiotics I took as a child and how to kind of rebuild up. And it's an ongoing process. It is. I mean, I, I have the same story as you and I used to have chronic ear infections mm. as a kid. So I was always on a new antibiotic and I, my gut is messed up. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like a lifelong thing kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, sometimes acne is a result of a deeper rooted imbalance. We were talking about acne or your skin being a reflection of what's going on internally. 
I mean, not always, but for example, it could be something like PCOS or fibroids or insulin resistance. There may be other things going on that acne is just a symptom of. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, as someone with a chronic health problem, which was my migraines, it took many years and many doctors to get to the root of my issue. And so I really understand how frustrating all of that can be. But I'll tell you, once you find the answers, it makes it all worth it. Totally. So in summary, we want to do a basic routine with only one active product. We want to think low and slow, nice and gentle. Look for things that say calming and soothing, anti-inflammatory. We don't want to do too many aggressive products. We need to look at potential internal triggers and causes. And I'm going to refer you back to episode part one about what those may be. And number three, don't be scared to seek out professional help and admit you need help with this. Skincare is complicated and acne, adult acne is a complicated subject. And it's okay, you know, it's okay to ask for help. Sometimes you Mm -hmm. just need to ask for help. Mm -hmm. It's true. All right. So that is it for your adult acne parts one and part two. Guys, if you have any more questions about adult acne, I'm going to encourage you to reach out to us on our Instagram, which is at beauty guides podcast. Just DM us and let us know if you have any questions or if anything worked for you or any further guidelines. Um, I'm also going to ask you guys to leave us a five-star review. If you're listening to us, give us a five-star review if you haven't already. You can check out our whole ass website, beautyguidespodcast.com. And finally, shop all of our product recommendations at pro.shopmyshelf.us slash beautyguidespodcast. And look for the adult acne section if you're interested in any products related to this episode. Thanks so much for listening, guys. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye.